going to call the meeting to order. Clerk will call the roll. Pirtle. Yes. Pirtle here. Richmond. Here. Richmond here. Rip. Here. Rip here. Rit. Here. Rit here. Rusk. Here. Rusk here. Sailoff. Sailoff absent. Shower. Here. Shower here. Schmidt. Here. Schmidt here. Solberg. Solberg absent. Stubbs. Here. Stubbs here. Veldrin. Veldrin absent. Wegleitner. Wegleitner here. Willett. Here. Willett here. Zweifel. Here. Zweifel here. Baird. Baird absent. Bollig. Here. Bollig here. Chenoweth. Here. Chenoweth here. Clausius. Here. Clausius here. De Felice. De Felice absent. Downing. Here. Downing here. Die. Die here. Erickson. Here. Erickson here. Farrell. Here. Farrell here. Gillis. <coughs> Gillis here. Hendrick. Here. Hendrick here. Jones. Here. Jones here. Kiefer. Here. Kiefer here. Kolar. Here. Kolar here. Krause. Krause here, Levin. Here. Levin here, Matano. Here. Matano here, McCarville. Here. McCarville here, Miles. Here. Miles here, Nelson. Here. Nelson here, O'Loughlin. O'Loughlin, absent, Pan. Here. Pan here, Corrigan. Here. Corrigan here. Here. Thirty-three supervisors are present. Supervisors O'Loughlin, Solberg, um, Saloff, and De Felice had indicated that they would be absent this evening. This evening, for our prayer inspirational message, we are going to be led by Supervisor Pirtle. Thank you, Madam Chair. <clears throat> so, tomorrow, November 20th, is the National Day of Remembrance for transgender people. And it's ironic that it falls tomorrow because I spent nine hours today um, in the state legislature listening to a hearing on AB 469, which would prohibit transgender students from using the bathroom of which they identify. And, of course, we've had a major closing of the Oscar Meyer plant. We heard today that Jefferson County is going to lose 400 jobs as the Tyson plant closed. And the most important business that we could conduct in the state house was about where people pee. It was four hours into the hearing before the first transgender person actually had an opportunity to testify on the hearing today. Over 100 people showed up to speak at the hearing, and they cut off testimony at 6 p.m. There were about 30 people still waiting to talk at the end of the day. They did at least let most of the students testify at the very end. But the people who were left were regular people. They were parents and students, concerned members of the community, folks that didn't have a lobbyist or an organization to get them to the front of the line and make sure that they got their chance to talk. And we heard some pretty powerful stories, and there's a couple that I wanted to share with you and help reflect on our own work. Uh, Sherry Sikowski is the highest-ranking transgen openly transgender veteran in the country, and she came and testified today about her service record about her choices, about how she transitioned to very late in her career, out of respect both for her military service and her family. But she also talked about her challenges, and that when she made that decision, she was discharged from her job. She had to finish her career in the Pentagon as a civilian. And the work and the challenges that the, she faced 
but also about how important it was for her to be able to live authentically as a veteran, as a service member, to put on a uniform as who she is and defend her country. We had a lot of stories of supportive schools, schools that are doing a great job caring for kids, from students that were taking their time out of their day to educate policymakers about their lives and their identities. But we also heard some heartbreaking accounts from students who contemplated suicide. We heard students who talked about how they would get chronic bladder infections because they were afraid to use the bathroom and they would avoid them, waiting to go at home or into other public places. One student talked about how, as part of his accommodations plan, when he made his transition, he had to use the extra locker room, which had been dubbed the sex predator locker room. They had designed it for students who had restrictions on who could interact with other kids in schools. Can you imagine what it would be like going to gym class and having to step out of line to go to the sex predator locker room so that you could change for gym every day? What that means to you? You know, over the last years, we've heard a lot of Madison about this, too. Um, Skyler's mom came and testified today. Many of you know Skyler was a... Sorry. There's a Madison student who took his own life, and his mom talked about her struggles in not accepting her son and how he was born, how he transitioned, who she became. She brought her other son, her older son, who was also transgender. She was there. And she looked these legislators in the eye, and she asked them to do better than she did. I can't imagine as a parent having to make that ask, right, of a, of a public body. So when we do our work and we think about three areas, when we're reviewing our own work in our human services programs and we think about our mental health services, when we think about how gender might impact homelessness and other areas, keeping in mind how we serve our communities. We've talked a lot about veterans' homelessness, but we know LGBT folks, in particular trans folks, are significantly more likely to be homeless. And most importantly, when we think about our employee benefits, when we think about our own health care options and the things that we provide, how we can meet and provide either a more comprehensive plan or a benefit that allows people to live authentic lives. I've talked a lot on this board about how sometimes we don't have a lot of power to do the things that we want to do or would like to do, but these are areas where we can. And I heard nine hours of testimony today that I don't think are going to change the minds of a lot of people who might do a lot of harm to a lot of kids. But I'd like to think that here we could do better. So I'd like to have a moment of silence on behalf of Skylar and all the other students and adults that have lost their lives or have them taken because of who they are, and then pledge allegiance to a country that I think is better than that. All right, if you'll join me in the pledge, please. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you, Supervisor Pirtle. Um, next on our agenda is a report from the Pollinator Protection Task Force. And um, I will welcome the members of the task force up to this microphone here. And you can uh, give the report. 
Thank you for having us tonight. My name is Christina Locke. I am the chair of the Dane County Pollinator Protection Task Force. I'm a researcher at UW-Madison. Um, I have with me a good representation of our eight-member uh, citizen task force. You can see our picture above there. Um, we have Susan Carpenter, native plant specialist at the UW Arboretum, Lakshmi Sridharan uh, from the Dane County Environmental Council, Aislinn Miller from the Dane County Food Council, and Dale Marsden, who's a, our resident beekeeper. Um, I'm just going to go through a little bit of what our uh, task force was charged um, with in this past year and what, what the results of our task force um, were. So first, a little bit about pollinators and why they're important. So animal pollinators aid re reproduction uh, and dispersal of 85% of flowering plants in the world and account for a good chunk of global crop production, including some crops that are very important in Wisconsin. We are the number one cranberry state. We are the number four tart cherry state. We have a $50 million apple industry. Um, of course, we all love our honey and we all love our fresh fruits and veggies that we get at the farmer's market. All of those are made possible by pollinators and when I say pollinators I mean mostly bees. Bees are the most efficient pollinators and we have 400 species of bee in Wisconsin but um, some species of, of fly and butterfly are also good pollinators moving pollen from flower to flower. What we're concerned about um, right now are declining pollinator uh, species, um, not just our honeybees, but also some of our native species like monarch butterflies and some species of bumblebee. So our char charge as a task force were to review current practices in Dane County related to pollinators. So what's going on right now um, in county departments and in, in the municipalities in Dane County um, that relate to pollinator health and habitat, and what are the future opportunities that we can look towards in the future to enhance pollinator habitat and health. We're also charged with providing guidance for county departments um, and private residents of the county. So we came out with this report. This was what we developed over the six months that we met every two weeks. Hopefully this isn't your first time seeing this document. If it is, um, let me know. I can send you a copy. We uh, finalized this document in September of 2015, so just two months ago. So in this document, we outlined four major goal areas that we identified as a task force. The first uh, being expanding education and outreach efforts in the county. We think that's one of the main areas uh, that have, has a lot of opportunities. Um, one thing that can be done is advertising practices that are already being done in the county, so prairie plantings that already exist at county parks, um, efforts by the zoo um, on, their, on their land, um, whether that's just signage of, uh, to get the, the word out of what's being done, or whether that's um, promoting the use of dem demonstration sites and pollinator plantings, and developing outreach materials and curricula. The second goal we identified was to maximize pollinator-friendly land use and management, so that's within county lands and also leased lands. Um, so pollinator protection can be incorporated into um, lease agreements with farmers and other landowners, um, and also incentivizing pollinator-friendly land use and management on private lands. Our third goal was to minimize the use of insecticides 
insecticides that are harmful to insect pollinators. We were pleased to meet with county department officials who um, reported that very few insecticides are used on county department land and actually very few herbicides as well, spot treatment of herbicides um, and not a lot of insecticide use. Um, there is room for outreach to private residents and businesses and pesticide dealers um, to have uh, more awareness of the insecticide use that is being used on, in home gardens um, and other private lands. Our fourth and final goal was to support long-term research to inform future efforts. So here's some pictures of some um, pollinators. We have got uh, honeybee boxes to the right there. We've got our rusty-patched bumblebee, our carner blue butterfly, and our monarch butterfly. All of these species we are concerned about um, declines. A lot of the other species in the state we know very little about, so it's hard to know um, what to do, what their pollinations are doing, where the good habitat is. If we don't, if we don't know these things, how can we protect them? Um, so long-term research is really needed to inform future efforts and to evaluate the initiatives that are put in place. That's all we have. We could uh, take questions for five minutes. I think we have ten minutes. You do. Time. So terrific. Are there questions for the members of the Pollinator Protection Task Force? Oh, and I should say that the main contact for our group is Mindy Haybecker. She's uh, Dane County UW Extension. She's uh, got a permanent extension position. Our task force um, dissolved. It was in our charter that our task force dissolved upon completion of this report. So we're we're. We can talk about where the future of that. Thank you so much for all your work. It sounds like it was you were meeting twice a month, every other week every for other six week. months was a lot of work. So mm -hmm. thank you very much for that. And we have a number of questions. Supervisor Richmond. Thank you, Madam Chair. Thanks, Christina, for the presentation. Um, part of the um, work that we envisioned when we were talking about this a year ago on the Food Council was to make sure that, that your task force was not reinventing the wheel because the Madison, City of Madison Pollinator Protection Task Force got off the ground, I think, a month earlier and reported a month earlier than you to the Common Council. But I was wondering, uh, your charge was a little bit different because we talked about outreach to other municipalities in Dane County, and I wonder if any of the five of you that are standing there have any impressions about work that might be done out in the county in other municipalities uh, aside from the city of Madison, because um, one thing we wanted the, your task force to do is sort of reach out to other places. So, got any examples? Yeah, thanks. We did hold a listening session for all the municipalities in Dane County. They were invited. We had very low attendance, um, and the reports that we got were <laughs> municipalities aren't used to being reached out to before the report comes out, so usually they get the report and um, decide what to do with it. So uh, we got some great feedback from um, the two municipalities that did come, and that's documented in our report. We also had had very um, great attendance by George Frank, who is a councilman from Sun Prairie, um, and he's, if you want to say something about how you're using... Yes, I would like How to you thank you very that? much. You're welcome. Thank you, Madam welcome. Chairman. And first I'd like to thank uh, Supervisor Clausius because he got me involved in this task force. And I appreciate it. Thank you very much, sir. Um, what, I'm an alderman in Sun Prairie in the 3rd District, 
And what I did was go to the meetings and listen. We also have a B ordinance. We just I introduced one and it passed this year. Uh, but there's a lot of opportunity, and the, the people in our city and all of our departments have spoken with them. They're all willing to cooperate and help. We're reviewing, like, our neighbor. We have small neighborhood parks that we want to repurpose into a park, but yet with habitat for the, uh, the bees and the butterflies and the birds, make them more of a, a learning area instead of an empty area where the neighbors can get together and they can cooperate along with planting more neighborhood gardens and community gardens. So those are some of those areas. And we have a, co a major corporation coming to town, uh, Menards. They're going through the process of applying for all their permits and things. And I asked them, I said, geez, would you guys be interested in helping out the pollinators? And the fellow said, sure, I'd be happy to do it. And uh, they've given me a list, and I can make it available to you later, of all the plantings that they're going to do around their new location. And according to a, a letter here from the landscape architect, they are exceeding the, the point system for putting in plantings by quite a bit. And they've got, uh, I believe, 21 plantings for birds and 14 other plantings for pollinators. So that's quite a bit, and it's going to be around the entire facility. So I can make this available um, later this evening or probably first thing tomorrow if anyone's interested. Uh, but I'd like to thank the task force for having me. I was there at most of their meetings, and I learned quite a bit. And the outreach of the people that came from the different areas of the county government were very willing to cooperate and be helpful. So I think this could be a very good thing for the county. I think this could probably be a model for the entire state and perhaps the Midwest. Thank you very much for your time. Have a good evening. Thank you. We have one more question, it appears. Supervisor Farrell. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. And just in the last few days, the federal government announced a program for monarch butterflies in particular, could you maybe tell us a little bit about what you might know about it? I know there's not a lot of information out there. So the, at the federal level, there was a national strategy put out last year, last spring, um, regarding uh, pollinators of all kinds, um, monarchs included. And so every federal department was tasked with coming up with um, a strategy for pollinator protection. Um, I don't know exactly which monarch initiative you're talking about. There is a, a the Fish and Wildlife Service is um, talking about habitat corridor called the I-35 corridor, so it goes along the monarch's migration route um, from North Dakota down to Texas. So that's what the Fish and Wildlife Service specifically is talking about. Um, I should also say that at the state level, we are putting together a pollinator protection plan. I am um, coordinating that effort. It's the Department of Agriculture, DATCAP, um, at the state level, and uh, UW collaboration. Um, and we've been doing stakeholder meetings, and uh, our draft plan will come out for public review um, probably in January. Thank you. We have another question. Supervisor Krause. Madam Chair. Uh, this summer I started looking at the possibility of installing a monarch garden at my house, which would be a very community-friendly thing that many, many people can do easily to attract monarchs to the community. Can you talk a little bit about that opportunity sure. for people? Sure. Um, monarch butterflies need milkweed plants specifically, so they only lay eggs on monarch plants, and their larvae, the caterpillar stage, only eats monarch leaves. So uh, milkweed planting is very important for um, 
for monarch butterflies, and anybody can do that. That's something you can do in your lawn or on a roadside or um, in a prairie restoration. And um, monarch milkweed plants don't just benefit milkweeds. They benefit all pollinators. We'll use the nectar of, of the milkweed plants. Um, and there's lots of different species of milkweed. Some people don't like common milkweed because it gets a little weedy, but there's other beautiful species like butterfly weed and world milkweed. <laughs> Yay, milkweed. Find sources where you can actually buy seed packets that have a mix of monarch-friendly flowering plants. Yes, Xerces Society, that's Xerces with an X has a lot of resources for planting all kinds of native plants for pollinators. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we really appreciate all your work on this committee and appreciate taking the time to come to speak to us tonight and give us the fruits of your labor. So thanks Thank you for lot. having us. Next on the agenda is announcements. Does anyone have announcements this evening? Supervisor Richmond. Thank you, Madam Chair. And on that same topic, uh, I want to announce that I'm introducing a resolution that would acknowledge the task force work that we've received their um, report, but also help to plan for the next steps for the county in pollinator protection. I'll pass it around, but the resolve clauses deal with assigning the um, work to the Dane County Environmental Council and um, asking for a um, progress report in about a year. They, this task force was, um, I believe, commissioned in February and started its work in March. So as you said, um, meeting every two weeks for about seven months, um, doing some hard work. But I, I would like to make sure that this, uh, the recommendations that they put together don't sit on a shelf. So this resolution would assign the work to the Environmental Council, request that county departments and staff continue to cooperate um, to think about how we can protect um, pollinators um, and specifically naming the Food Council, the Tree Board, the Park Commission and other appropriate bodies um, as implementation um, proceeds. Um, but also, as I said, um, assign a progress report date. So I'm hoping in a year, uh, September 15, 2016, that the Environmental Council can report to the Environment, Agriculture, and Natural Resources Committee about the progress we've made in the county um, on the recommendations that we received this fall. So I hope you'll sign on. Thanks very much. Thanks, Supervisor Richmond. Supervisor Hendrick. Uh, thank you, Chair Corrigan. Uh, I wanted to announce that uh, Supervisor Rusk and I are introducing a resolution tonight uh, to replace the washers and dryers uh, in the Sheriff's Department and uh, thank the Sheriff again for working with us in our recent controversy about laundry. Uh, this is just to replace the existing machines. I believe it's a $135,000 budget amendment uh, in the capital budget and uh, the resolution itself should be in the folder with the PP&J resolutions. Thank you, Supervisor Hendricks. Supervisor Stubbs. Thank you, Madam Chair. Uh, on tonight, I'll be introducing a resolution that is very historical for us here in Dane County, and I feel blessed and honored to be selected to do so. This resolution would be to appoint Tamara Grizzly as the director for the Office of Equity and Inclusion. And as you know, this is one of the recommendations from the Center for Social Inclusion that our racial analysis has indicated. And so with our county executive identifying this office, 
and his budget, and then us at the county board level partnering along with it. It is an honor to do so, to have Mrs. Griggs be appointed. She comes with a wealth of knowledge, being executive um, director um, here in the position that she's done community work, um, her former position as a state representative, the wealth of experience work with Milwaukee Public Schools. I think to have her on board, uh, we in Dane County certainly have been able to move forward with racial disparities. So I'm going to ask you all, it would be a great gesture if it was unanimous with all of the county board supervisors signing on to allow the community to say we are definitely uh, talking about reducing racial disparities and we're moving forward with less talk and more action. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Stubbs. Further announcements? Seeing none. Next on our agenda is approval of payments for bills over $10,000 referred to the county board. Is there a motion? Moved by Supervisor Dye, seconded by Supervisor Pirtle. Is there discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and um, the bills over 10000 are approved. Next on the agenda is approval of county board minutes. Um, and we can do them on one motion, the minutes of the October 21st public hearing of the Dane County Board of Supervisors and the minutes of November 5th, 2015. Is there a motion on the minutes? Moved by McCarville, seconded by Schmidt. Is there discussion on those minutes? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it and the minutes are approved. Next is the consent calendar um, on F1 to F8. Are there any requests for separation? Supervisor Pan. Uh, yes. Thank you. Uh, could I separate F6 and F7? We can do that. Thank you. And Supervisor Miles. Hey, Madam Chair, I don't know that I need to separate it. I just want to be able to uh, comment on item one. Um, we, you could comment when we do discussion on all of them as a whole. Very good. Thanks. Okay. F6 and, F6 and 7 are being separated. Supervisor Farrell. Uh, 3 and 8, please. So, so what we are left with is item 1, 2, 4, 5. So item, our consent calendar this evening will consist of F1, F2, F4, and F5. Um, so on those, what's before us is um, the committee recommendation to approve on F1, 2, 4, and 5. Is there discussion? Supervisor Miles. Thank you, Madam Chair. I just wanted to comment on this first item, amending our, our uh, zoning ordinance uh, to comport with uh, changes in, in our farm, the state farmland preservation law. Uh, people might be wondering why we're seeing this again. This was part of a multi-year effort to uh, to update both our, our zoning ordinance and our zoning map. Um, it started back in uh, 2009 when uh, the Working Lands Initiative was adopted that changed the farmland preservation law and necessitated uh, counties to update their, their uh, ordinances. And also back in 2010, our, our farmland preservation ordinance uh, zoning ordinance was due to expire so we needed to get it recertified and uh, back in 2012 we adopted the zoning text amendments and then uh, through the diligent efforts of our senior planner Brian Standing working with the towns and the towns association we got uh, several uh, zoning district changes made throughout the, the county 
with the help of the towns, and that was adopted back in 2014. And uh, like I said, Brian Standing, I, I said it before, and I'll say it again, because it's uh, uh, well earned. He he worked diligently, and I am very grateful for the efforts that he put forth in working with the towns and also with DACCAP because he got, as we submitted changes for their approval, uh, at times you get differing opinions depending on what lawyer saw the changes. So uh, this was a final step that uh, some minor changes are required by DACCAP, and it guarantees that our uh, Dane County farmers will continue to see uh, uh, farmland preservation tax credits for the next 10 years and, and currently the, the, our county farmers have been seeing about $2 million or so in farmland tax credits and uh, so um, I think again thank you to Brian for his good work to guarantee that uh, we continue to preserve our farmland and farmers get to see their tax credits. Thank you. Thank you Supervisor Miles. I realize that I have a registration on one of the items on the consent calendar, but it's a registration in support. So unless, if, with no, if there's no objection, I'll invite that individual to speak and leave it on the consent calendar. So Kathy Walsh, if you, is Kathy Walsh here? And then you're, um, yes. I just wanted to speak very quickly in support of this. Um, I got called up for emergency babysitting duty, so if I get stuck saying quack or moo, don't understand why. I'm a little disoriented today. But I feel this is very important. I'm a member of WNPJ, Wisconsin Network for Peace and Justice, and also the Madison Office Sister City Project and other groups. And I've become very aware in my work that one person's or one people's cause for celebration is often another people's tragedy. And I think we need to recognize officially what was done in this country. Um, I think the founding of this country, um, this, the rediscovery of this country by Columbus changed the world in many, many ways. And it opened up new possibilities, but it was also a tragedy for the indigenous people of this country. I think we need to recognize it. I think this is a minimum step we can do in the right direction. And I would also like to see eventually us living, um, being more honest in our history books and what we teach our children about how this country was founded and on whose backs it was founded. And again, I think this is just really important, and I was very glad to see this resolution come up. So I hope you all will be in favor of it. And I want to thank all the people who sponsored it. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Kathy. Are there any questions for Kathy? Seeing none, is there discussion? Pardon? I'm sorry, that was on E5, Resolution 289. Um, is there further discussion on the consent calendar, which is items F, I'm sorry, I should have said F5, not E5. I apologize. Um, um, <laughs> So on the, on the um, consent calendar, which is F1, F2, F4, and F5, is there further discussion? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and those items are approved.
Now on the items that were um, removed from the consent calendar, first F3, authorizing an intergovernmental agreement for the medical examiner services with Brown County. What's before us is the committee recommendation to approve. Is there discussion? Supervisor Farrell. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. It won't take long. I do have a couple questions for the medical examiner. If you'd like to, I don't know if he's coming he up. Would come up and there you can have your while, he's, while he's walking up. I see that the contract's just between Dane County and Brown County, but doing some research on this, I see that Brown County actually does work for Oconto County and Door County. So is, are those two counties included through Brown County, or are we going to are we looking at a separate contract with those two counties for doing some of this work? That's correct, sir. Those kinds will be contract. Those kinds will be going through Brown County to, to have their services provided by Dane County, and eventually uh, we will be establishing contracts with Oconto and Door counties as well. So those numbers, uh, as I see the numbers, they're expecting between 85 and 95. Or your your department's expecting between 85 and 95 potential uh, clients, or for lack of a better term, is that a does that include the Door County and O'Connell County numbers? That's correct. So that's with the current arrangement, yes. Uh, realistically, do you expect those numbers to be reached, or do you expect it to be over or under that? Because I know there's penalty. We have to pay money back if it were under, and we get extra income if we're over the 95. So realistically, tell this body what you expect. Of course. I expect this to be It's our most accurate estimate of what their numbers have been in the past, and given their volume and their population, I do expect those numbers to be a conservative estimate. I think they're more likely we'll be doing more. That's been our experience with Rock County as well. We did an estimate based on their previous numbers under their previous administration, and we found that um, those numbers tend to be low. Um, uh, most counties tend to need more autopsies than they're getting, um, uh, and that's certainly our experience with Rock. We expect that to be our experience with Brown, Door, and Oconto as well. Okay, thank you. You're welcome, sir. Further discussion on F3. Supervisor Schmidt. Um, thank you. I just was wondering if you could give us a quick summary of all the counties that you are currently contracting to. I know this is in addition, so it's Brown plus the other two, um, Oconto and Door. Is that Door. That, okay. That's correct. We'll be uh, overseeing. We've created this partnership where we have oversight over the offices for uh, Rock County, uh, Brown County, Door, and Oconto County. In other words, we'll be administering the office training staff, um, uh, the doctors will be providing uh, support for the investigators at the scenes, will be attending homicides as well in complex cases. In addition, we provide autopsy services for I think now 10 other counties, 10 to 12 other counties. Further questions? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you. Um, all those in favor of Resolution 285 say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it and Resolution 285 is approved. Next um, is Resolution 290, urging the University of Wisconsin to ensure student access to voting. Supervisor Pan. Uh, thank you, Chair Corrigan. Uh, I would just like to move for a moment to our next county board meeting, and I can explain why. Moved by Pan, seconded by Dye. Is there discussion? Yeah. Uh, so just quickly on this, uh, just as a side note, uh, the university student government passed a uh, similar resolution. The city council's passed their resolution. So, um, but the real reason I want to postpone this is just because there's been some negotiations with students on campus with the university, so there may be some change to the status of uh, voter ID and, to, uh, and student IDs in the next couple of weeks. So I just want to give time to see if the dust settles and see if anything's different in a couple of weeks. And also give folks a chance to uh, speak their mind on this for folks who might be interested in this topic. 
Terrific. Thank you, Supervisor Pan. Further discussion? All those in favor of postponing Resolution 290 to our next meeting, say aye. Aye. Opposed, say no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 290 will be postponed. Um, resolution 291, supporting the welcome of Syrian refugees. What's before us is the committee recommendation to approve. Supervisor, what, um, and we have registrations. So I think we'll, we'll do the registrations first, and then we will allow time to speak. First on this is resolution, um, sorry, this is 289. Okay. 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 There are three registrations. One person wishing to speak. Um, on this is Kathy Walsh on Resolution 291. Um, again, I just really wanted to put in a word in favor of this. The other place I was supposed to be tonight was an event on campus from Ferguson to Mexico to Palestine, supporting human rights and acceptance for all these people. I was really excited when this re I heard this resolution was coming up, and then with the events of the last couple of weeks, I'm getting very worried and very appalled at the reaction nationwide about closing our doors to refugees. Um, these people deserve our love and care and help as much as anybody else. As a mom and a grandmom, I figure I owe making the world as safe a place as I can to my child, children and my grandchild. And as a human being, I feel I owe it to everybody else on this planet. And I really hope this county board agrees with that and passes this resolution. I think it's incredibly important. Thank you. Thank you. We also have two additional registrations um, of individuals wishing to register in support, Joan Lorian and Bill Fetty, wishing to register in support. On Resolution 291, Supervisor Pan? Yes, uh, I'd just like to move a substitute which should be on folks' desks. Okay. And do we have that up there? Um, moved by Pan, seconded by Shower. Is this, is this it? Yours? Okay. 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 This is for the park. Okay. If you could speak to your. Yes, I got that. Everyone has seems to have copies. Supervisor Pan, on your amendment. Uh, yes, so just uh, there's just two additions, uh, two major additions. Um, in terms of the Be It Resolved Clause, just to make sure to address the fact that the state legislature uh, does have a uh, resolution in going through their uh, legislative process that is about accepting uh, or pursuing federal grants to um, uh, seek grants for Sy uh, Syrian refugees resettlements. Um, so there's a resolution supporting Syrian refugees at the uh, state level, so I wanted to make sure to incorporate that in terms of um, acknowledging that support and providing support for that, and also to ensure that copies of this resolution uh, is given to uh, members of the state legislature since they are discussing this issue at the time. There's also a brief section before the um, Be It Resolved Clause just to acknowledge the creation of that resolution and some of the uh, governor's recent remarks given uh, uh, recent events. Um, um, so that's just what the amendment is. Okay. Thank you, Supervisor Payton. Supervisor Schauer. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I am in support of the amendment as uh, or the, to the sub. Um, in a second, I'm going to propose just a uh, 
hopefully a friendly amendment to the sub, simply when I've already given it to the clerk in writing, adding the phrase uh, um, Governor Scott Walker at, um, in the uh, final paragraph for mentioning the, the people to whom should receive members of the who should receive copies of the resolution. Um, I had proposed and uh, circulated to a few people um, a different uh, a proposed amendment to this uh, resolution, and I like the changes that uh, Supervisor Pan proposed instead. So I'm not going to propose my separate amendment, but I do want to speak in favor of this. I think it's very important that we as a county board take a stand against um, a governor that's acting outside of his authority. And the extent to which these resolutions, I'm not generally in favor of resolutions that don't have some sort of action behind them, but the um, the plight of these refugees is of such a degree and such a uh, state that we need to do everything we can to um, support um, this, uh, you know, ameliorating this, this um, horrible um, catastrophe that's that's happening. So, um, in our one little way, I think we can. I'll, I hope we can all get behind uh, what this resolution, as as uh, subbed and as amended, um, is trying to do. So, why don't we? Uh, with that, I will. Um, or the, sorry, go ahead. You want to make an, am an amendment after we adopt this amendment. So, why don't we adopt? Adop adopt Supervisor Pan's amendment before we discuss this as, as a resolution. So first, let's sure. adopt. All those in favor of adopting Supervisor Pan's amendment, say aye. Aye. Opposed, say no. The ayes have it. And Supervisor Pan's amendment is adopted. And Supervisor Shower, you have an amendment to say that um, we add on line 35 the comma and gov um, include Governor Scott Walker after legislature before United States representative. That is correct. That is the amendment that I'm proposing. Moved by Shower, seconded by Hendrick. And if I could just speak to it just momentarily. That was the, prob the only problem I had with the original was that um, we have a, a, a duty to tell the state government when they're getting in the middle of things that they... Um, when, they're, when they're just wrong in the law generally, like the governor is in this situation. And I appreciate that the, um, that the resolution as amended now does um, uh, uh, speak to that issue. Thank okay, you. Thank you. Thank you, Madam Chair. On Supervisor Shower's amendment to include Governor Scott Walker, Supervisor Schmidt? Um, I'm wondering if, and I'm not sure the protocol's here, but if there could be a friendly amendment um, to what I think we're discussing in front of us, and that is on line 19, instead of saying, while the governor's desire, could we be specific and say, while Governor Walker's desire, so that we're not just saying a generic governor, but the specific governor? Why don't we? Is that, is that timing for that? Why don't we come? Is, is that That's a friendly amendment? So, in addition to saying Governor Scott Walker on line 35, um, also put on line 19 while Governor Walker's. Is there a second to Supervisor Schmidt's motion? Second by Krause. Is there discussion on that? I mean, I'm sorry, that's, that's combined as one motion. I'm sorry. And both the maker of the motion and the second of the motion have agreed to um, Supervisor Schmidt's language. Um, is there discussion on that motion? 
On just on this addition, adding Governor Scott Walker, we're going to discuss the whole resolution after we get the editing done. Um, seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and that motion is adopted. On resolution 291, as amended, Supervisor Hendrick. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I know that uh, most of us are going to vote for this, and uh, so I, it's not so much debate, but I, I did have to make a comment about it, and I must assure you that I uh, prepared these comments yesterday. I was a little bit surprised by further developments today. But I know that uh, we were prepared to welcome Syrian refugees before the attacks in Paris, and so right now the question is, will we still welcome Syrian refugees after the Paris attacks? I have uh, been one of many of us that have been in solidarity with the people of France and, and of Paris and that tragedy. But I don't think it changes our position on Syrian refugees, particularly because none of the attackers involved in Paris were Syrian refugees. And in fact, of all the Syrian refugees that have been relocated to the United States already, none has ever been arrested or expelled for terrorism. But I know that some people will say that we should take care of our own before we take care of the victims of the tragedy in Syria. And what I found to my interest is that apparently that sentiment is at least 2,000 years old. I found uh, this story in the Gospel of Mark in chapter 7. And uh, a Syrian woman came to him to ask for help for herself and her daughter. And he said to her, let the children first be filled, for it is not meat to take the children's bread and to cast it unto the dogs. I'm not, a, I'm not a biblical scholar, but I have been told by biblical scholars that it was, apparently it was common to refer to people of a different race or a different religion at that time as dogs. I'm, uh, I'm sure we would find that offensive today. The Syrian woman responded to him and said, Yes, Lord, yet the dogs under the table eat of the children's crumbs. And so his first response seemed very rude, but she answered him, and then he did help her. And I think that's the lesson that we can learn. Uh, I don't believe that I'm a racist, but I know that I have racism within me, and sometimes that comes out. And if your first response is to refer to people as dogs and to think that they are lesser than we are, you still can recognize that and you can remind yourself of our better natures and we can proceed to help those in need. And I hope that's what we do in voting for this resolution. Thank you, Supervisor Hendricks. Supervisor Kiefer. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, as members of this body may know, I have a consistent practice of abstaining from these kind of foreign policy type resolutions. Uh, but. This is, in my view, the exception that proves the rule that I am going to vote on this. I'm going to vote in favor of it. And I just wanted to briefly explain why and have three points I wanted to make briefly as to why I support this resolution. First was just before tonight's meeting, I was at the Wanakee Optimist Club holiday party 
and I was talking with a woman, and uh, we talked about how I was on county board, and the policy thing that she wanted to bring up to me because I was on county board was Syrian refugees. That was what she wanted to talk about. In fact, she said to me that she herself was hoping she might have the opportunity to host Syrian refugees in her home. And she was concerned that there might be prejudice from her neighbors um, if she were to take in Syrian refugees. So that was her concern that she brought to me as a member of the county board. And it really taught me that um, this issue is a local issue for people in Wanakee. That's what folks wanted to talk to me about tonight um, just before this meeting. Second point I want to make is that although this is not a local issue and it's not a state issue, some governors, including Governor Scott Walker, I think are very cynically attempted to um, appeal to the basis instincts of, uh, of people playing to prejudices, um, acting outside of their authority as governors, and they know it's outside of their authority as governors. And I think once the governor of our state gets involved in trying to make a statement, I think we should make a statement as well on the other side uh, of this issue in favor of acceptance, in favor of welcoming, um, against the um, type of activity that Governor Walker's done. And the third point I want to make is as, as I was thinking about this, I thought about Neng Thao. And people, a lot of people here may have met him. He was the person who painted the picture of Nathan Dane that is in the lobby right outside this room. And Neng Thao, he was born in a refugee camp in Laos, a refugee from the Vietnam War. And he came to the United States, um, subsequently um, moved to Madison, and then ended up going to Harvard, um, and then ended up painting the picture, uh, a copy of the picture that's out in the lobby. A copy of a picture actually is in the library at the law school at Harvard. And so it occurred to me as I was thinking about this that the next Neng Thao, the next guy who comes here, does well in school here, ends up going to Harvard, um, he may be in a refugee camp in Turkey right now, having fled that Syrian war. Uh, the next Nen Thao uh, may be in that situation. And I hope that we'll think of him and think of all the, the refugees and open our hearts and open our homes um, and approve this, this resolution. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Keeper. Further discussion on Resolution 291? Yeah. Supervisor Rusk. Um, thank you, Madam Chair. I just wanted. Um, to mention that my uh, late Armenian grandmother um, was born in Damascus, Syria in 1896, I believe, and Armenians were Christians, and uh, she and some of her family members came to the United States via Ellis Island in approximately 1915 at the start of World War I because they needed to get out of there quickly because the Armenian Holocaust that was a part of World War I was, was getting going and the family members that did not come to the United States or, or leave the area um, all perished. There's about a million Armenians that were, that were killed um, 1516 in, in that time period. Um, so she came to the United States. She had a wonderful life. She had three children. She was just an absolute delight. And, um, you know, so the country um, opened um, up to uh, my Armenian grandmother. It's kind of tragic to me to see that 100 years later, um, 
we still have great turmoil in that, that part of the world. But um, anyway, I just wanted to share that. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Rusk. Further discussion? Seeing none, a roll call has been requested. Pirtle. Pirtle I. Richmond. Aye. Richmond I. Rip. Aye. Rip I. Rit. Rit I. Rusk. Aye. Rusk I. Saloff. Saloff absent. Shower. Aye. Shower I. Schmidt. Aye. Schmidt I. Solberg. Solberg absent. Stubbs. Aye. Stubbs I. Veldrin. Veldrin I. Wegleitner. Wegleitner I. Willett. Willett knows Weefel. Weefel I. Baird. Baird I. Bollig. Bollig I. Chenoweth. Chenoweth I. Clausius. Clausius I. De Felice. De Felice. Epson. Downing. Downing I. Die. Die I. Erickson. Erickson I. Farrell. Farrell no. Gillis. Gillis I. Hendrick. Hendrick I. Hendrick I. Jones. Jones I. Keeper. Keeper I. Kolar. Kolar I Krause, Krause I Levin, Levin I Matano, Matano I McCarvel, McCarvel I Miles, Miles I Nelson, Nelson I Laughlin, Laughlin absent, Pan, Pan I Corrigan, Corrigan I. 31 eyes, two noes, and resolution 291 is approved. Next on the agenda is um, resolution 330, award of contract for architecture and engineering services for the Day Resource Center. Is there discussion on Resolution 330? Supervisor Farrell. Yes, thank you, Madam Chair. I ask for separation on this, mostly to actually address the chair as we properly should. I wasn't in favor of buying this building. The majority ruled we're buying the building. We're going to redesign this or design what we're going to do with it and kind of start the process here. And I asked the chair to do something that she did a few weeks ago and actually has done for quite a while, came out with an announcement on the Alliant Energy Center and a vision for the Alliant Energy Center, a vision for the future. And this building for the Day Resource Center is not the Alliant Energy Center. I wish it was in that good of shape. The vision I ask you to perhaps lead this body and this county in is... Let's do it right. If we're going to do this, lead us in a way to make this the best day resource center in the country. The building we have now is not worth putting money into. We're going to put more money into remodeling it than we are going to buy it. Let's start over, raise it, and do it right. We can put so many more facilities, so many more options in that space and have a building that Dane County can be proud of, have a building that welcomes people into the downtown area of Madison when they come in the East Washington Corridor. And you're the person, I think, that can lead us in that regard. Let's not do it halfway. That day center is going to be there a long time. Unfortunately, homeless are always going to be with us. We don't want a building that's old and just slapdash put together. Let's start over. Let's take that and have a clean slate. And I ask you to, to lead us in that regard. And I hope that the rest of this board kind of takes that to heart. We have an opportunity here. Let's take it. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Farrell. We have a resolution before us on the architecture, and I think we need to make a determination on that tonight. Is there further discussion? Supervisor Willett. 
Thank you, Madam Chair. Just one comment. Um, this, the fiscal note that's attached to this is completely blank. There's not a thing filled in of who, who did it, or and there's, there's not an X on the thing. It's just a blank form. So we should at least get that proper controller. fiscal note attached. Thank you, Supervisor Willett. Does the controller have information on that? Well, the, uh, the cost of the contract is $48,000. As to why the fiscal note is blank, I think it's... Um, some, some of the ones in Legistar get, for some reason, the form gets wiped out. I don't know. It had the data on it before, but that's the cost of the contract. Actually, on my version, my copy of it in my packet here has $48,174 on it. Yeah, it's yeah, when so you view it on the iPad yeah. that it gets wiped it might, out. Okay. So we'll have to work on that glitch. And, yes, thank you. Is, are there further, is there further discussion on Resolution 330? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and Resolution 330 is approved. Next on our agenda are reports on zoning petitions on items H1 to H5. Are there any requests for separation? Supervisor Downing. Number two. H2 will be separated. For, uh, further requests for separation? Seeing none, we have H1, H3, H4, and H5. And what's before us is the committee recommendation. Is there discussion on those items? Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and those items are approved. On H2, the petition um, rezone 10,898. Um, 10, is there discussion? Is there discussion on H2? Supervisor Dowding. Oh, oh, sorry. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I separated this because as I read through uh, the staff report um, and, and the town action report, um, well, let's start with the town action report. Uh, the Planning Commission narrowly approved this four to three. The town board narrowly approved this three to two. And um, so uh, I read further, went to the uh, action report, and, and I see that they've created some conditions and are uh, going to give it a test run um, with these conditions and then let the town board weigh in again. Um, I have some questions for staff and then... Uh, a, sta a statement, possibly, probably. Hi, Todd. Um, all right, let's start with um, CUP, and um, can it be issued for just a short amount of time and then withdrawn? That I'm not entirely sure. I, th I believe we can have a duration on a CUP, but I would want to double-check that. Okay, well, that kind of concerns me, um, because if we approve it and it can't be withdrawn, then what are the, what are these conditions? Um, a few questions about the conditions, which appear to me to be rather inexact. Um, so flying limited to... Minimum of maximum of eight times every other Thursday and Saturday. Well, when's the first 
day. I mean, it doesn't really state that. Um, and so I think that's inexact, not well written. Um, and then of greater concern to me is compliance will be monitored by the club members. Well, <laughs> is that really a valid way to enforce an ordinance? It's a question to you. Well, I think there would be, <clears throat> it would not exclusively be uh, administered uh, by the club. I think there would be uh, observations made by the town, observations made uh, by the neighbors that would uh, provide information to our office. Uh, and certainly we could do periodic and would do periodic inspections if called out by neighbors of the town if an issue was raised. So I wouldn't say it's exclusively uh, uh, on the self-reporting of the, of the club. What are the penalties if uh, you find them flying the planes far and wide? And you can tell that they, they're not just limited to this small little area. They get to fly all the property north, and uh, who knows if that'll stop there. Well, the penalty, we would uh, first inspect, uh, have a conversation with uh, the club and talk with neighbors, depends on who called in the complaint or uh, brought to our awareness the potential violation. Uh, we would investigate it. Uh, if we found it verified, we would uh, contact the club and, and uh Potential, potentially issue a, a notice of violation, um, and uh, if it was not corrected uh, in some fashion to the satisfaction of the condition, uh, the uh, zoning committee could take it up for uh, consideration of potential revocation of the CUP. Is there any reason that the neighbor statements aren't included in our, uh, pre our uh, file here? In Legistar? Uh, well, let me see if it's in the file. Uh, I'm sure we have them, and if it's something that we have in the file, it's something that we could add into Legistar. Okay. Um, you don't need to do that right now. Um, I'd like to just say thank you, Todd. I'd like to just say a few words uh, about what we've heard so far. Um, my biggest concern is that um, the neighbors weighed in. Um, we don't know exactly what they said or who they were. Um, and it was postponed, giving the town a chance to look at it again. They came up with these conditions. It passed still by a very narrow vote. I think given that narrow vote and the neighbor concern, we, this deserves more than just a rubber stamp from our body. Uh, as those of you who have heard me speak in the past know, I am no, favor, no fan of noise. and. Right in the uh, statement by the airplane group, they describe what they do as noise. Uh, I suggest, at the very least, we uh, send this back to committee to clarify some of the questions I've asked about the conditions. Um, but uh, I'd also be in favor of simply uh, turning it down. It is moved by Downing, seconded by Feldron to um, re refer this to committee. 
Um, his, his, his second was to postpone. Was to postpone? Or re refer. That was rephrase the motion. What is your motion, Supervisor? Is Dan? to uh, send back to committee for further to consideration. To refer to committee. And Supervisor Veldrin has seconded that. Is there discussion on that motion? Supervisor Miles. Thank you, Madam Chair. I'm going to speak in opposition to re-referral to committee and clarify a few things. Uh, let me begin first. This is not a CUP. It is a rezone. And uh, as to some of the conditions uh, regarding the rezone, um, they, uh, Supervisor Downing noted that he thought the, uh, especially the condition regarding the number of times uh, without a starting and ending time uh, uh, was not clear. Um, I think it is quite clear on the ordinance amendment. Uh, it states the period of time begins. There's a window of, of time uh, beginning April 26th of next year, ending June 18th of next year, 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. Uh, every other Tuesday and Saturday. <clears throat> These are conditions that the town came up with after the zoning committee had the public hearing. We heard from uh, neighbors that were concerned about, uh, especially about noise concerns. Uh, the committee took that in consideration. We postponed our action and allowed the town to work with the residents and with staff and with the association on uh, what they may work might work out. Uh, my guess is there isn't anything in Legistar because we didn't get anything in writing from people with concerns. We did receive a few pictures of the area showing the landscape and so forth, um, but I don't recall that we got anything in writing that would make it into Legistar. However, um, the, those that, that did speak, uh, that should be reflected in our minutes. Um, and as I said, this is a rezone. Uh, the town has committed to reevaluating uh, next June, and at that time, if they're not satisfied with this or that uh, the people in the association violate these conditions um, and a resolution cannot be worked out, then the zoning can be declared null and void by the mm -hmm. zoning administrator because uh, these conditions would not. If the, if the zoning administrator finds that the conditions aren't met, the zoning can become null and void. So that would be the response uh, and provide the teeth that Supervisor Downing was asking about. Thank you. Thank you, Supervisor Miles. On the motion to re-refer, Supervisor Pirtle. Yes, I'm wondering if Supervisor Downing would yield to a question. Supervisor Downing. Okay. So I'm, I'm just curious. The, the committee voted 5-0 to recommend this. I know they delayed it once. My suspicion is if we send it back that they're going to send it back to us. So I guess in my decision about whether to re-defer it, I'm just trying to figure out what you might want to see different in the resolution as opposed to maybe just voting no because we, we don't support it. But I'm unclear where we're going to be a month now that we're not today. And that would just be helpful to know what we're looking for. Supervisor Downing. Well, I felt the conditions were inexact and not well written. Um, eight times every other Thursday and Saturday. It doesn't say when, what the first Thursday is. And so um, pretty soon they'll say, well, you know, this was our Thursday, but, you know, it, it just doesn't seem well written. I think it can be confusing to enforce. Uh, I'm also concerned about uh, simply relying on club members. 
to uh, ascertain compliance. I don't think that's very strong language at all. Uh, these are the people that want to fly the noise machines. Think they're going to be turning anybody in? I don't think so. I think that these conditions uh, should be uh, much uh, stronger. Thank you, Supervisor Downing. Further discussion on the motion to re-refer. All those in favor of re-referral say aye. Opposed say no. no. The noes have it and the motion fails. On um, item H2, um, the, what is before us is the committee recommendation. Is there discussion? Supervisor Downing. Well, simply please record me as voting no on this for all the very same reasons that I've laid out before you. Okay, thank you, Supervisor Downing. Is there further discussion? All those in favor say aye. Aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and item H2 is approved. The, the committee recommendation is approved. Um, item J, award of contracts, resolution 471, authorizing amendments extending the term of operating agreement and terminal building leases of the commercial air service airlines providing schedule service at the Dane County Regional Airport. What's before us is um, the recommendation of the Public Works and Transportation Committee, Supervisor Baird. Just like to move sub one as a recommendation by personnel and finance. Supervisor Baird moves sub one, seconded by um, Pertle. Um, all those, um, is there discussion on sub one to resolution 471? All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it. And sub one is approved um, on resolution 471 as amended by sub one. Is there discussion? All those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it. And resolution 471 is approved. Under K, resolutions, resolution 316, supporting neighborhood input in the Day Resource Center planning and development project. Um, what's before us is um, the Health and Human Needs Committee's recommendation. Is there discussion? Supervisor Whiteleitner. Thank you, Madam Chair. Um, I just wanted to um, make sure that folks understood that there, the version that is in um, your tablet agenda is, is the original resolution, but what's before us is HHN. So if you're logging on through Legistar, the web browser, you should see it. Um, but I can read it for folks. Um, who can't see that right now. Basically, it just, it doesn't change the resolve clauses at all. It just changes some language to more accurately reflect what the Neighborhood Association did at their meeting um, and how they communicated that to us. And that was language that was added based on a request from a, a Neighborhood Association member. So um, on lines 11 through 14, you're uh, deleting the sentence that starts with on October 27th and replacing it with the Tenney Lapham Neighborhood Association Council met on October 27th, 2015 and voted unanimously to oppose the county's purchase of the Messner site for use as a permanent day shelter and resource center for the homeless. TLNA sent a communication to the county which stated, quote, the county's failure to follow the comprehensive process outlined in 2015 Res 72 and the 2013 Homeless Issues Committee report 
has left the neighborhood without the needed information to evaluate the appropriateness of this or any other site. And um, that motion to amend uh, uh, carried 7-0 um, and with the use in government program vote of 2-0. So um, basically it just states clearly what the record was, what they, um, how they voted, and what they wrote to us um, based on that request. Um, and I think, you know, it's just kind of about um, the looking back how, you know, the process wasn't that great, the neighborhood felt sort of put upon, and what we're trying to do now is rebuild trust, make sure that they understand that we want them to be involved, that we need them to be involved in this process, and um, that, you know, their input is really critical to making sure that we get and addressing the concerns is very critical to making sure that we get the conditional use permit that we absolutely need to achieve our goal of opening and operating a day resource center. So um, I wanted folks to be aware of that as well. I also want to make sure that the final resolve clause, which says that um, the county shall work toward an agreement with the nursery center, does not mean that the county has to come to an agreement with the nursery center. It means that we are going to negotiate with them in good faith to address their concerns. We can't compel another party to enter into an agreement. What we're trying to do is um, work with them and address their concerns. Thank you, Supervisor Wegleitner. Further discussion on Resolution 316. Seeing none, all those in favor say aye. aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it and Resolution 316 is approved. Such other business as the county board is authorized to conduct by law. Supervisor Richmond. I'm sorry, Madam Chair. This is, staff handed me a note when I was introducing the pollinator resolution. The report for the pollinator resolution is on our county board website already under initiatives. So if anybody wants to look at it, it's there. If people were unaware that it's been posted. Thanks very much. Thanks, Supervisor Richmond. Motion to adjourn. Moved by Pirtle, seconded by Bollig. All those in favor say aye. Opposed say no. The ayes have it, and we are adjourned.